Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio-only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. We're going to spend the next few hours together. Um, it's not a traditional capital markets day. Uh, we're not going to do a trading update. This is really about the future and sharing with you kind of our ambition for the next few years. I'm Anne de Kirchhoff. I'm the chair of Eagle Eye. I've only been the chair since November when I took over from Malcolm, who did a fantastic job for us for seven years as chair. So I have big shoes to fill. And since I haven't had a chance to meet uh, any of you so far, or very few of you, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about myself and um, also tell you why I wanted to join Eagle Eye. So I've been in, uh, I started boringly in banking and consulting, like a lot of us do. And then I discovered my bug for technology and innovation. And it was a complete passion that kind of overtook my life. Uh, I've been an executive for 25 years in technology companies of all sizes. Um, the first one was actually a mobile marketing and promotions company. And uh, we did... Uh, uh, promotions for McDonald's and a lot of the big retailers using the mobile phone. And we even back then dreamt of doing personalization at scale. It was always this thing, right? We would all have their mobile phone and would do unique promotions for every single person in the shop. But we didn't have Steve, so we never quite got there. And in fairness, it was 25 years ago, so the technology was not quite as good. Um, but that was always the ambition. And so when I came across Eagle, I was like, ah, oh, we're actually doing it. We're finally not talking about it. I was an exec in many, many uh, startups and scale-ups. Um, I also became an investor about 10 years ago, or maybe 15 years ago. So I have a portfolio of my own companies, about 20 startups that I invested in. I also mentor a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, I actually teach innovation at INSEAD. So it's, it's a bit of an obsession, let's be honest. And then about 10 years ago, I started my NED career um, in music streaming first, and then in the gaming space, and now at Eagle Eye. Now, when I think about what really touched me about the Eagle Eye experience, first of all, it was the technology. Um, the breadth and depth of the platform, the ability to truly leverage AI in a concrete way, and to do personalization at scale, had literally been an ambition of mine for years. And so when I came across the technology, I was incredibly impressed. And we're incredibly lucky, and I say this to you, Steve, to have the founder who's still so involved in the business and really driving the DNA of the company forward with, of course, a bunch of very talented developers, I'm sure. Uh, no, it's not just down to Steve, but that's really important. It's an incredible luxury in a technology business to have that DNA last over decades of building an incredible product. The second thing that was incredibly just mind-boggling is the list of customers. We have the best of the best in terms of customers. And when you have that list of customers and you have it not just in one geography, but across the world, that means that you build must-have software and, value, and something that brings value every single day to your customer. And what I find amazing is, despite that amazing list of customer, we've only scratched the surface. We've only just started. We have so much more to sell to them. Just with our existing clients alone, if we deepen those accounts to what they can use on the platform, we've got a run rate of growth, of organic growth that just happens naturally. But of course, 
as Al will tell us, we'll keep on winning new logos because we've actually only started in some of the geographies, such as Asia, such as North America, where we have beautiful brand names, but we have so much to go for. And on that note, the acquisition of Untie Knots was also a big, big thing for us because we got access to amazing customers and to the ability to cross-sell. And we'll talk about that a bit in uh, a few minutes. So the customer base was uh, incredibly meaningful. And then the third thing that really got to me was the color purple. <laughs> and I mean that not just because I'm wearing some today, but because I met an executive team that were incredibly experienced, incre incredibly talented, ambitious, motivated, very focused on uh, profitable growth and ambition for the company. But at the center of it all, it was how they treated their employees. And it wasn't something they put on a PowerPoint. Literally, when I joined, I got LinkedIn messages from staff saying, congratulations, you're so lucky you've just joined the best company. And I just thought that spontaneous message from People everywhere in the organization really was touching and telling about how we really live our values. And on that note, because we're going to talk about the future, because we're going to talk about all the projects we have, we're not going to do traditional capital markets day with the CEO and the CFO. We're actually going to introduce quite a few people from the team. So you get to see how transformative this year has been and how everybody's involved in that journey. So we're going to start with Tim. And then we're going to hear from quite a few execs and then finish with Lucy. Tim? Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much for coming. Lovely to see you all. Um, so as Anne says, big boots to fill, literally and metaphorically. <laughs> and uh, she's, <coughs> she's made a great start. And thank you very much for joining us. What we're going to do today is to get you the opportunity to meet a broader cross-section of people than you would normally see, for them to talk about their areas of specialization, for you under to understand what we're doing. So you'll be hearing from the usual cast, but then some of you have met Steve, but many of you haven't. Steve will talk about our tech. Al will talk about the opportunity. Claire will talk about what we're doing with the people. We're going to hear by satellite from Cedric, from Zied in person, and Sarah is going to talk to you a bit about the market and do a much better job at talking to you about the market than I normally do. We are the personalization people. That's the way we regard ourselves, and that's what we're going to talk to you today. And I think as you know, and as Sarah will outline, this is all the way going back 25 years, as Anne said, this has been an aspiration and is becoming a reality. And um, the desire to do more of it faster, bigger, is what is driving the market. So I think the market, we're extremely lucky that this is a very, very strong and buoyant market. I was going to play the Carpenters. We've only just begun at this point. This is where we've got to. But I think the way that I'd like you to think about it is it's a platform for the next stage of growth rather than being, you know, some great achievement that we want to celebrate. This is, is not a room full of retail analysts. But if you were retail analysts, you would go, wow, those are really, really impressive logos. 
I walked into our show at NRF and I saw those logos on the wall, bearing in mind this is a retail show and everybody walking through the show is a retailer. And I thought they're going to stop at this stand and find out what the hell one company is doing for all these amazing names. Steve will talk to you about the scale and how we achieve the scale and our aspirations for future scale. And Al will talk to you about the geographic spread and how that gives us the launching pad to go further. Claire will talk to you about, and I hope you'll get it throughout, and indeed Anne referred to it there, about the golden rule, which is the sort of the thread that ties the whole of Eagle Eye together. And that's about treating people the way they want to be treated. We believe that that is the right way to behave. We've imbued those values and that culture into the organization. That's the way we all treat each other. But of course, because we're the personalization guys, it's also what we enable our clients to do for their consumers. So there's this very solid thread of uh, us enabling uh, people to be treated the way that they want to be treated. They get on and do the marketing. We worry about the tech. In action, what happens then is we start with the employees. And what Claire will be laying out for you is really the rationale behind why we do this. But the thought that I'd like you to leave with, and so I'll give it to you right at the beginning, is that the best company to work for is the best company to work with. That is the philosophy, that is the rationale behind why we think this is so important. So we try and do a great job for our employees, that flows through to our customers, flows through to end consumers, and we hope flows through to you as shareholders. And what we're trying to do is to create loyalty amongst all of those communities by treating them the way they would like to be treated. What we're talking about today, as I said, is we've only just begun, is the, the next milestone for our business, which is 100 million of revenue and 25% VBITDA. You will ask by when, we won't tell you. Uh, you wouldn't expect us to, um, but, but what I, I hope you will agree is, I mean, you can see that you, uh, uh, on at one level you'd say, well, you know, tell me something I don't know, I can look at the numbers, clearly that is going to happen at some point. What I hope you'll feel by the end of today is that actually we've got quite a lot of drivers and accelerants that might make that happen a bit faster than perhaps you might think. So we're going to talk to you about that today using this strategic framework, which I think is what we talk to you about every time we see you. So first of all, we will do a significantly better job, I hope you'll agree, of explaining the market, why it's so dynamic and why it's such an attractive market to be in. Steve will then talk about innovation and how we develop the product. Um, Al will then talk about how we win customers, how we treat customers, and how we think that gives us a platform to get more customers. And also talk about the international opportunity. And then Lucy will finish off talking about M&A and the numbers and, you know, how that can be a driver. Claire will come in because the whole thing is powered by purple people, so it underpins everything that we do. 
And Lucy will also outline the better, simpler, cheaper strategy, the operating model, which also underlies everything that we do. So that's what you've got coming towards you. And I'm now going to hand over to Sarah Jarvis, our Communications and Propositions Director. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you all. Um, so we're just going to spend a few minutes talking about the market that we're in and why I think it means there's never been a better time to be Eagle Eye. So the loyalty management market is today estimated to be worth about $10 billion. And with a growth rate of 17.5%, it should double by approximately 2028. So it's growing fast. It's a global market and we are well positioned to capitalize on already kind of early success in the biggest and fastest growing regions in the world for loyalty, which Al's going to talk to in more detail. And it's also a market that spans sectors. Retail is about 22% of the market and that's where we predominantly play at the moment. But hospitality, where we already have a presence, travel and banking, insurance, there's plenty more to go after, which means kind of significant growth opportunity for us as we move forward. So why is it growing so fast? I think increasingly businesses are realizing that in order to compete, they have to build and foster these direct relationships with their customers. Um, if you look at grocery, it's probably kind of one of the oldest sectors for loyalty. If you think about Tesco Club Card, it's got its 30th birthday next year. It's been happening for a while, um, but it's still not a saturated market. Um, what's been most interesting for me in the last couple of years is that retailers who are ideologically opposed to loyalty because they believe in hard discounting or EDLP strategy are starting to launch these programs. So both Lidl and Walmart notably launched their plus propositions in 2020 and had to build those out as sort of layers on top of their price-based messaging to consumers to offer something else in order to capture customer identities so that you can use the data to run the business better and serve people in a more personalized way. Asda have done it with us since leaving the Walmart group. And again, we'll talk to that in more detail later about what that's done, kind of transforming their business to be more customer centric. There's also been massive development within hospitality and the food and beverage industry. If you think back to a few years ago, it would have been unthinkable that PrEP, which is 100% brick and mortar business, would see more than 40% of their transactions coming through digital. That is now where they're at. And that's been through launching their coffee subscription program, which has then blossomed to become a kind of full-blown loyalty proposition, which again, Al will touch on later on in his section. Starbucks are kind of often touted as one of the best loyalty companies in the world and as a result are often referred to as the biggest bank in America because their consumers are so engaged that they top up their loyalty accounts in advance. So we're giving the business money with which to then pay for their coffee and food at a later stage. You've then got fashion and department stores, speciality retail, also moving heavily forward in this space. Nike CEO John Donohoe spoke last year about their 160 million global members being the key to driving the business's continued growth. So it's happening everywhere. Everyone wants to do it. But why? I think there are four kind of key things driving the change within the sector. The first, we all know, it's a tough time out there. 
value for money for end consumers has never been more important. And if you speak to any of the kind of big retail analysts, Mary Pilecki at Forrester, who runs their kind of loyalty team, talks about loyalty being a lifeline for consumers during the inflation crisis. So there's more and more interest and engagement from consumers within these programmes and more scrutiny, which you probably will have seen in the UK press of late. Consumer behaviour has changed. I think the two key changes that are relevant in this space is that omnichannel shopping is a thing. It's not a buzzword. It's how we all live and shop in the world. Pre-pandemic, Forrester estimated less than 40% of retail sales were digitally influenced. That's now upwards of 60%. So the kind of blurred lines between physical and digital shopping are blurring more so every day. And then that comes with this growing demand for personalization. If you think about all of the things that you interact with primarily through your phone, your Spotify does not look like my Spotify, which is probably a good thing for all involved. Um, the entire foundation of their platform is built to deliver one-to-one -one experiences to their consumers. And we as a whole are becoming more used to that. And when we don't experience that in other places, we get frustrated or according to McKinsey, 76% of us get frustrated. Then you've got the retail market, which is having to respond to both of those dramatic shifts and that has just put on increased pressure to drive profitable growth which has spawned the advent of retail media networks which monetizing physical retail space has been happening for a while but with the shift to digital shopping retailers have now got this kind of two tong approach where they're trying to capitalize on the eyeballs in their stores and on their websites but to do that effectively and to actually grow the business from a media point of view you've got to know who your customers are and to be able to speak to them directly and then finally technology i have been working in the loyalty industry for 15 years and talking about personalization since my first day on the job and it is happening as Anne says it's been a long time coming but cloud computing AI, like improvements in just data science techniques mean that we can actually deliver on the promise of a one-to-one -one world. So I call this the personalization perfect storm. What does that mean? Retailers all over the world are increasingly trying to shift this balance from what they spend and the effort they put into mass marketing through to segmented marketing, and now increasingly to one-to-one -to -one personalization. The only way they can do that is by underpinning everything they're doing with well-structured customer data that's generated by loyalty and customer engagement programs. And they have to be able to deliver those one-to-one -one experiences wherever the customer happens to be. And what makes it very exciting if you're an eagle eye is those are the three things that we uniquely deliver to retailers all over the world. The ability to execute personalized marketing at scale we don't believe anyone else can do, to build amazingly rich consumer databases by running best-in-class loyalty and customer engagement programs. And we are the connection guys. Before we were the personalization people, we were the connection guys. We integrate every single um, touch point that consumer has with a business to enable that data to flow through to wherever they happen to be. So if you go back to those four drivers, what does that mean for Eagle Eye? Well, I think as Anne said, the logos speak for themselves, but we are recognized in the global loyalty marketplace as being a leader in this space, but also by key retail analysts. Um, we've got a tried and tested solution, which Steve's gonna talk about in more detail in a minute. 
Delivering to consumers, we don't think anyone does more. We're executing 750 million personalized offers every single week to end consumers with the vision that we're helping the businesses that those consumers interact with to deliver on the golden rule, treat their customers the way they want to be treated. The third one is that we're a platform predominantly built for retail. We know kind of the biggest challenges getting in the way of retailers trying to deliver personalized customer experiences, and we've built custom solutions to alleviate those problems. We run our own business with the framework better, simpler, cheaper, but that's also how we build solutions and deliver to our customers with the focus on trying to help them deliver better, more personalized marketing that's really simple for their internal teams to execute and cheaper for them to run versus trying to do it on a legacy technology platform. And finally, the technology that we have built is the technology that consumers in this space want. We are a cloud native platform built on best in class Google technology. It's API based, it's easy to integrate. And increasingly we're building out new solutions, one of which Zied's gonna talk about in more detail, which helps us to deliver a more complete package to retailers who are looking to go on this personalization journey with us. And it's just the beginning. So if you want to do some more reading up on this, there is lots out there. BCG did a really big study that was published just less than two years ago now, specifically on grocery retail within the US. And they found that if those big retailers were to direct 25% of their mass marketing spend on promotions into personalization, they'd see an ROI increase of more than 200% but no one is doing 25% yet. We work with the likes of Carrefour, Loblaw, um, some of the biggest retailers in the world who are leading in this space, and they've set targets of 10% in the next two years with a view to build it out from there. So this is really just the beginning and where some of those market leaders go, we know everyone else is gonna follow. So this is kind of, we're scratching the surface. And finally, to close, I thought it would be remiss of me in 2024 not to mention AI. Um, so I think AI really will only just solidify Eagle Eye's place within this market. And I have summarized that for you as to why. AI is here. We all have heard quite a lot about that. And AI needs data to run on and to work its magic. You need loyalty in its broadest sense. You need customer engagement. You need customer data to run AI on, and you need connections to be able to execute on that data. Eagle Eye powers loyalty. We create connections and we execute data, which means that AI needs the air platform. So I'm gonna hand over to Steve Rothwell, who will hopefully bring some more color to what we mean by our air platform and how it works. Hi, I'm Steve. I'm the founder. Yeah, I don't like that. I get embarrassed and shy, so I am go back to the techie geek side of me. When you want to do a digitally engaged service, there are three components that certainly enterprise retailers or enterprises need. At the top level, you need to have a really good customer experience. So you won't get any customers if your app is crap you know, or your website looks rubbish and things like that. So you've got to have a good customer experience, a good vision for what you're trying to do. And at the bottom of it, everything is all about the new oil data. How you get more data to be able to do the next best message, the next action for that customer to drive behaviors. In order to join these two together, you have to have a transaction layer in the middle. And that transaction layer has to be fast, scalable. It has to be processing signals from points of sale, from e-commerce, from mobile phones, from location, from uh, almost any signal-based thing coming in there. To, to say, hey, 
Steve is in the shop now, or Steve is doing this now, what can he do? So we call that air. We sit in that middle layer. The air platform is the transaction layer. Acquire, interact, retain. I'm really annoyed about this, by the way. About 12 years ago, when like, we're trying to come up with a brand name for our product, you get all these marketing people coming and tell you what to do, right? And uh, we were like, air is really cool because AI for retail. Can't use AI, never happen. Uh, and you sound like Skynet. Um, so 12 years later, I regret that. It should be AI for retail. But anyway, acquire, interact, retain, and don't use marketing agencies for your brand names. We sit here in the middle lab. We provide capabilities for our retailers. Now, I'm a techie geek. I'm a software engineer. We bring them into core capabilities. We don't actually provide the overall vision of the loyalty program. We provide capabilities to build them together. Think about like you know, racing cars. Most of them have a Mercedes engine in them. They just change the bits on the outside. So we're like the engine inside the racing car. We drive it on for them. And we do it through either the customer wallet where we can put all your entitlements together so you can get an experience. The key bit to treating people the way you want to be treated is actually our data model has every single person as an individual in it. So every single person is tracked individually and then they might be joined together as households. They're not just accounts with loads of people in. They're not segments. Every single record is an individual person inside our system. Loyalty ledgers, loyalty earn, burn, promotion master. These are all capabilities we have. These come together to create the experiences that you see in the market, whether that be Loblaws, the world's leading loyalty program. You know, they've got like 80% of the Canadian population go through that program on a sort of a monthly basis, something crazy like that. Points-based loyalty, promotion-based loyalty, as does cashback, showing customers every time they shop how they're getting cashback. All of this is built on that collection of microservices that are just joined together in a different way. So you can make any sort of patchwork you like to build any sort of consumer experience you like using the air platform. And the whole time that is feeding a consolidated structured data feed out to the AI and the data mining platforms that existed either through Eagle Eye or through the retailer's own data science teams. This enables them to do next best message. This enables them to get insights. It enables them to build their relationships with their customers. This middle bit here, policing the whole time from the till to the mobile app, all of those interactions constantly pinging 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whatever many days, 366 days a year this year probably, um, sort of thing, see, I'm on the, I'm on the ball. Um, coalition programs, subscription schemes. I like these numbers. Uh, you think about it actually, by the way, you guys are all like clever investor types. To the engineers and to the people who work at Eagle Eye, these numbers are amazing. 200 million customers are being managed or being given a personalized experience by our platform. To the engineers, when they're trying to explain to their wife and to their kids what they do, they sit in Pizza Express and just go, us, us, us. Like that reality of they're delivering real value out to real people on the street, that gives them a buzz. They're excited about that. We're issuing 2.5 billion coupons every month, 750 million a week on big weeks, 200 million consumers under management worldwide, constantly engaging with the platform. And we do this at over 10,000 API requests per second. Black Friday in Canada, we hit 11,200 API requests per second of this technology. That is monumentally fast and monumentally scalable. And we're sat there going, come on Loblaws, give it some, we've got some more in the tank here. 
90,000 stores connected globally. 50 million baskets are being analyzed per week. That's where the tills are saying to us, hey, I've got Steve and I've bought this 50 products. How much points, how much discount do I get? Constantly in real time, taking the promotions engines off tills and running them in the cloud, cloud-based adjudication, removing all the bottlenecks that points of sales have of not enough memory, not enough RAM, too slow to set up, can only deploy a point of sale once every 72 years, that sort of stuff. Around 169 million pods API calls a week. These API calls are 150 milliseconds. That's about the length of time it takes you to blink. 30 enterprise clients. The humble till. Essential. Reliable. Modern marketing execution engine? Not so much. Today, retailers are looking to personalize every customer's shopping journey. They need to be able to execute billions of personalized discounts, loyalty points, and other offers at lightning speed and massive scale while customers are at the checkout. It's in that crucial moment when a transaction is taking place that Eagle Eye's Air platform instantly works its magic. Our single omni-channel POS integration unlocks endless personalized marketing possibilities. So, how does it work? The instant a customer identifies themselves, the POS sends an API request to Air, which securely scans the customer's wallet to see what offers or incentives are available. Air's cloud-based adjudication engine then uses criteria including basket contents, value, time, location and more to determine which actions to take, before applying ordering and stacking rules to ensure the customer doesn't get under or over-rewarded. The basket value is then updated and sent back to the POS. The customer pays and Air rewards them, updating their points balance, continuity progress and other promotions, issuing new personalized offers to their wallet and burning the offers they've just used. All in the blink of an eye. 250 milliseconds, in case you were wondering. Air powers some of the biggest loyalty and promotion programs on the planet, creating personalized shopping experiences for millions of customers every single day. You've probably experienced our technology without even knowing it, which is just how it should be. Acquire, interact, retain. Breathe life into your customer relationships with Eagle Eye Air. You are very lucky. You're the first people in the world to see that video, um, me included. Um, we've been doing this for a while, you know, and one of the benefits of being the innovative types of people we are with our client base is we are not necessarily going out to design the future for people. We're not sat there going, hey, if you went down this path, the world would change. We've got the best clients in the world and we sit with them and they help us shape our product <laughs> to make the next steps going forward. So we have the best input to our roadmap you can imagine, which is actual real clients who are doing this at real scale, advising us and helping us understand the next best product features. We've been doing it since 2014. We've got a load, what's it like? We innovate alongside. JD Sports, we've been doing forever. And then you've got Asda. We've been working with them since about 2013, I think, 2014. Only now getting into loyalty, etc. Hyper-personalization loyalty. Moving across the US, we're using supplier-funded. So where you get Coca-Cola and Unilever to like engage to buy Southeastern grocers. They've got a whole model where Eagle Eye's at the heart of it. And their buyers are out selling the marketing capability of personalization out through the entire supply chain. 
Woolworths real-time loyalty, and it just keeps going. We keep building more and more use cases for these amazing retailers out there around the world, and they keep helping us get a better platform. Every year, our platform gets incrementally better by virtue of those relationships. It shouldn't be underestimated. The, the ability of the team at Eagle Eye to be able to hold strategic relationships with these guys, so we're at the table strategically working out what's next, is very powerful. Rather than them constantly go, one of these, one of them. They come to us and we work together on it. That creates real power in the market. There are, it's always a question, I got, I got told to do this, like, um, why us? You know, why don't you just go, as a retailer, why don't you just go build one of these things? Well, there's many reasons why, and some people do build them. Some of them have got legacy systems that are so ingrained they can't get out of them. They've been stuck with mainframe computers. Uh, look at cash machines. They're still on blinking mainframes. You know? Been trying to get rid of them for years. Um, it's quick to market. Because we're already established, we're already proven, we already run at scale, we can get clients to market very, very quickly compared to any other way. They only really have to worry about building their app. We innovate with our clients. We are fast. You know, 11,000 API requests in one region alone, around 150, 200 milliseconds is amazing. If you think about it, if you're the CIO of Loblaws or you're the CIO of Woolworths, all your tools rely on us. You know, 80% of them, these multi-billion pound companies are getting their trades because we are serving them really well. So we have to have great speed, great stability, really good service level agreements so they can really buy into it. And we do that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, broadly without hiccup. They can manage their costs because they get a contract. They've not got any escalating cloud. Everyone knows the beauty of cloud computing. GCP and Amazon have done it really well, which is sign up for one pound, spend 5,000 pounds next week sort of thing. We deliver flexibility because it's all just services. You can plumb it together however you like to create whatever outcome you want. We become a strategic partner to the client and we're built for retail. I'm not as cool as Tim. He's quite cool in the retail world. My parents owned a spa shop. I grew up in a spa shop. I know what it's like to go down the cash and carry and stock the shelves. I don't know what it's like to launch a loyalty scheme across a massive company, but um, I do know what it's like to treat your customers well and to know who they are and not serve uh, the alcoholic on a Friday night. And we tried, tested and proven. We do this at scale, we do it at a lot of people, we've done it for a long time. That's why people do buy into us. That's why we hold the strategic relationships. That's why we're growing and that's why we win in the market, these things. Now, this guy, the guy on the left, in case you were confused, is Angelo, okay? His name is Angelo Clayton. I met him about 12 years ago when Eagle Eye was just a little bit of a baby, shall we say. He was, uh, at the time, working for Pick and Pay in South Africa. I went down there and I spent a week with him trying to say, wouldn't personalization be great? And we've got these whiteboards going, we've got pictures of them somewhere. And he's like, brilliant, brilliant. Tell me about your company. I was like, hi, <laughs> here I am. 10 years later, he's now second in charge of IT at Woolworths. This is us two weeks ago at the launch of Woolworths New Zealand, used to be known as Countdown, launching the program. And I share it because this is the proof that the market's coming to us. This is the actual real evidence. People have always wanted to do what we do. Now they can, and now they're realizing they can, and now we're doing it at scale. So that's Mr. Angelo Clayton, and he's a great lad. Don't ever talk to him about rugby because he, he's a surf fan. And I think I hand over to Al Henderson now. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And I'm glad Steve clarified that. I am Al Henderson, not AI Henderson, <laughs> as that could be a theme. 
So just work out that bit of confusion. So we've spoken about the compelling business model, the low churn. We've got a stat that I think is worth sharing straight out of the gate, which I'm sure you've heard before in previous sessions, is we know that one pound of win revenue in year one translates into three pounds in year three. It's just what happens. It happens on a repeated basis with every customer we sign. So that phenomenal growth that we know, coupled with a really, really strong retention rate, means that it's all about winning. No surprises. That's what we're here to do, right? To grow the business. And who are our ideal customer? Omnichannel enterprise retailers. You've seen many of the logos on the wall already today that have got a large customer base that visit them on a frequent basis. One of those is Asda. Steve spoke about it. It was 2015. You went either side, but 2015 <laughs> was the number. Their original use case that they were trying to solve for was digitizing their paper coupon process, the supplier-funded coupons that Steve mentioned. They had fraud problems with photocopying, et cetera, through the till. They were experiencing losses, and they really wanted to remove those issues from the business. So we implemented the Air Platform connected to the Walmart technology, and that ran very, very well for a number of years, doing circa 20 million redemptions. But then things changed for them. They were sold by Walmart, they were an everyday low price retailer and they needed a strategy to fight back against the hard discounters that had entered the market. They needed to do it very quickly. So within three months, using the technology they'd already implemented with the Air Platform already, launched Asda Rewards, which ended up being the fastest growing digital program in the UK, top app in the App Store, and has had phenomenal growth transformed their business, over 400 million redemptions happening. And each one of those redemptions is holding data on the consumer, which enables Asda to send personalized promotions to drive frequency and bigger baskets. They are layering on more use cases. They've integrated IPL, their vertical supply chain. They've digitized their staff rewards. They're doing a lot more in the market, more to come in the next few months from Asda. And we asked Mark Baxter, who heads up loyalty for Asda to say a few words. Moving forward, the next story I want to share is Pret. I'm sure I did definitely see some Pret coffee cups in the room. Uh, I know you've heard about this before, but Pret were the first uh, quick service restaurant in the UK to deliver a subscription mechanic. Prior to that, they weren't a data business. They'd empowered their employees to be able to gift coffee to someone that looked like they'd had a bad day or having a bad day to make them smile. I was never the lucky recipient of that, so I don't say it actually happened. It may have done. Uh, they were trying to articulate the value in doing that. They knew it was the right thing to do, but could you prove that was the right thing to do? Did it drive incrementality? So as they came out of lockdown and as we started going back to work and schools went back, they launched the subscription mechanic. There were about 11 million redemptions in year one. And based on the capability that Steve referred to earlier, they're now able to deploy new use cases really quickly in the same way that Asda have been able to do when the Air Platform is connected to all of the customer touch points without friction. They've launched the subscription now in the French market and in the US market. They've digitized, as Asda have done, their staff discount scheme. They're a segment of consumers after all with a different loyalty proposition. And as they franchise that business and as they roll that business out, it's part of the go-to-market model generally. They're now becoming a data business, understanding which day parts we visit, what products we buy, whether our dietary preferences are different, and they're able to start delivering personalized promotions on their journey. We invited Anne-Sophie to say a few words as we did Mark.
And last but not least, Pizza Express. If not the first customer, certainly one of the first customers on the client roster. And their first use case with us was to be a redemption partner of points that you'd earn at Tesco. So there was the exchange that they were enabling an outside journey of redemption for Tesco. And they needed to do that in a really secure way. And we were the partner that did that, not only with Pizza Express, but with many casual dining restaurants in the UK that still continue to use that scheme today. They've done many things on that journey as well. Again, a similar journey of what we call deepening in that one to three journey is layering on new use cases. They've actually worked with us to digitize their gift card process and their general promotional strategy. Now, they've moved from mass promotions, which most of you may have experienced before, to much more personalized content. And that's really driven the messaging that Sarah mentioned earlier about the investment in personalization has driven a 300% increase in their redemption rate. So sending the right promotion to the right person at the right time works. The data shows it, the analysts are saying it, we know that the market is happening. They've also launched, and this was in the Times uh, a couple of months ago now, their loyalty program. And what's really unique about the loyalty program is consumers can experience the Pizza Express brand in many ways. You can go into their restaurants, but you can also order through delivery aggregates, and you can also buy their products at grocery stores. Their solution, their app that's been built, powered by Eagle Eye, connects all of those journeys together, which is unique in the market, to really reward how I, as a consumer, experience that brand, not which channel I buy through. And that is, I think, really, really powerful for them. So they've moved through on this big evolution. We've partnered with them with the innovation that we've provided with Steve and the team that works with, and we asked Matt Broom to say a few words. So you've heard three domestic, granted, compelling stories, but those stories travel. People tell stories. We've got great customer advocates that say it to us, but also say it to their peers. We know that Asda are speaking monthly to Woolworths down in Australia. They're speaking to their international peers and the purple word is spreading throughout the globe. And as I said right at the beginning, we know our deepening strategy works. So it's about incremental growth on customer base, which takes me on to how we're going to go faster. So we've got big ambitions, as Tim mentioned, about 100 million in revenue, 25% EBITDA. And in our domestic market, the UK, we've got a strong client base that are advocating for us outside every day. But we're still in growth, and that's super important. Our way into new markets is we win an anchor enterprise client, and then we invest around that, winning more clients to make each region more profitable. And what you can see with the logos that you've seen, again, we're super proud of them, bear with us, is that we've made huge progress in the recent past. We've added in logos in North America, in APAC, predominantly within Australia and New Zealand. And then with the addition of the Untie Knots team and the pedigree of the team and the technology that is in the French market, we're adding more to the portfolio globally. But what I would also say is we also recognize that in certain markets, we may not win from a distance. We may need to put feet on the ground to do so. And we've done that twice this year. We've done that with someone in Singapore and we were rewarded really quickly with the win of FairPrice as a client utilizing the challenges technology from Untie Knots. We've also put feet on the ground in Frankfurt to look after the DAC market and also Eastern Europe as well. The Eastern European market is hot for loyalty and promotions. Right now, we want to make sure we're, we're straight out the gate on those. So our key markets are growing and we're developing new regions. 
And then just to recap what Sarah had called out earlier, the market is huge. The market is significant and we have got our teams placed in the right regions in order to achieve and exceed our goal. North America is the largest loyalty and promotions market in the world. We've got proven capabilities, use cases, and a team ready to execute on that market. In France, we've got a strong pedigree, as I've said, with challenges customers with Carrefour or Charles Leclerc. We've got the ability to deepen and put the air platform into those clients as they want to move into more of a real-time component, a huge opportunity there. As I said, we're exploring opportunities in the DAC region with a growing pipeline with, between there and Eastern Europe. The APAC market, we've now got footprint on the ground in Asia, and that's the fastest growing market for our sector. Super important for us. We've got feet on the ground. We can service that locally and we will invest more behind the success that we achieve. And then last but not least, the UK market, our most mature, as we said, but there's a still growing. And now we've got the ability to cross-sell and upsell both challenges and Eagle AI, as Mark from Asda had said, taking more products and continuing to grow. Even our longest standing customers can still spend more money with us. So we're really, really well placed to make it happen. So I just want to recap on, on three key points, takeaways. The deepened strategy works, it's proven. We've got existing customers that advocate for us and we've got the right people in the right place in the right markets in order not just to achieve, but to exceed the 100 million goal. And I hand across to Claire. Thank you, Al. Hi, everyone. It's really great to see so many of you here today. Um, I hope you've also got a copy of our lovely Purple Playbook Hopefully most of you have those on your seats. This will be playing a bit of a part in the presentation um, as we move forward. So um, I think over the course of this morning, you've heard from a number of my colleagues already about the importance of customer loyalty. But what I want to do now is pivot a little and change gears. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking to you about the importance of employee loyalty. So what is employee loyalty to us? Honestly, it is the net output and result of our purple culture. And at the heart of our culture, first and foremost, are our purple people, which you've heard referenced already today. And sitting and underpinning this purple culture are our core values. Now, this is an organisation that truly lives and breathes its values. It runs right through the organisation, whether it be hiring and developing our people, right through to how we create our benefits and our policies. And what this infographic was really designed to articulate was that we have a lot of these cultural assets in the organisation today. But all of this takes a huge amount of effort and investment in order to safeguard our purpleness. So why does that matter? It matters because those things are what helped get us here today. And I want to take a few minutes to take a look at the sort of four key cultural foundation stones um, and how the journey to where we are today was made. So let's take a first look at our values. I've referenced that a little bit already, but the first time a candidate meets one of the Eagle Eye team, it experiences our values. Embedded deeply in our hiring processes are our values-based assessment. We affectionately call that the Beth test, uh, named so after my colleague, who is a real champion of this. Now, the Beth test is really our opportunity to ensure that that candidate or that prospective employee's values 
are closely aligned with that of ours. It's a really high bar to pass the Beth test. Successful candidates that make it then go on to experience our onboarding programme. And during that onboarding programme, they receive first and foremost one of these lovely purple playbooks, which I hope you'll agree really illustrates what it's like to work at Evil Eye and how we expect people to be. In addition to that, they're invited to an exec meet and greet. Why not? Why wouldn't you want to meet the senior leadership team at this organisation? And what those two opportunities do is give us further opportunities to embed our values into the organisation. Our employees get to meet our CEO and our CFO firsthand to hear from our exec team what it's really like to work at EI. And if that's not enough, we have this fantastic team of values champions. And our values champions role really is to encourage each and every one of us to nominate our colleagues where we see examples of our values in action, whether that's examples of great teamwork or it's demonstrating acts of kindness. We have a high focus on communication on weekly, quarterly and annual all-hands basis. We call this our shared consciousness and it's this shared consciousness that gives us a two-way feedback dialogue within the business. Now pause a moment because developing our people has been and remains our number one focus. And this is a fantastic list of cultural assets to share. And I'm most proud of life skills, which is really the poster child of all of our training collateral. Every single employee that joins our organisation attends the life skills training. It's basically a mini immersive CBT session. We equip our employees with the skills to handle daily life challenges and we enable them to make every day their masterpiece. That is supported by Gallup or Clifton Strengths, as some of you may be familiar with that in the room. And that really gives another opportunity for our employees to understand not only their top five strengths and the contribution they make within the business, but that of their teams and therefore how we can work better together. Gardeners Club is actually a weekly forum which our senior leadership team attend. And it's called Gardeners because we encourage our leaders to lead like gardeners. We wish them to develop themselves and use that time to do so, but also to nurture and grow the talent in the organisation. Purple Leaders. A Purple Leaders is another example of a bespoke custom training package of modules that was delivered with the intention to help both existing and aspiring managers be better managers. And last but not least on that list is our Purple Pathways. And Purple Pathways is effectively an individual's opportunity to design and develop their own personal career plan. And we're so pleased with our Purple Pathways that we show this to candidates right at the beginning of the hiring process. Again, this demonstration of, uh, of transparency about who we are, how we want to be, and the importance that we place on developing our people. And finally, we are fanatical about measuring employee engagement and loyalty. And we do that via our quarterly EMPS survey. So a quick guide to EMPS for those of you that are not familiar or employee net promoter score. EMPS asks on a score of zero to 10, how likely it is that you would either recommend Eagle Eye as a place to work or recommend our products and services. And those scores are categorized into three sectors, if you like. 
The first are scores ranging 0 to 6, and those are our detractors. Scores ranging 7 to 8, we consider passives, and therefore scores ranging 9 to 10 are promoters. Our EMPS score is therefore calculated by deducting the detractors from the promoters and ignoring the passives. Now, what that does, it produces one of two results, which is either a negative or minus EMPS score, or, we hope, positive EMPS score. Now, if we take a quick look at the market, we know the benchmark of plus 30 EMPS is pretty decent. It says that organisation has decent, good, healthy levels of employee engagement. Plus 50 EMPS score is considered excellent. Now, we've been doing this for a little while, and I'm really proud to share that our average EMPS score over the last year for place to work is plus 65. And similarly, for our products and services, plus 68. Now, these are truly excellent scores. But again, they take a lot of effort to get there. But it really is important to us that our people love the place they work as well as the product that they work on. So why does any of this matter? It matters because it makes a difference to our customers, our employees, and also our bottom line. And here's why. So let's take a little bit of a deeper look at some of our other data points. Our annual attrition currently sits at an average of around 7% on a rolling 12-month basis. If you take a look at the market, the minimum average attrition rate for the tech sector at the end of 2023 was 14%. Now, if you play that forward, our average tenure is therefore 15% better than the bench. That's 15% better than our competitors. So what does that mean in summary? As a result of lower turnover, less people leaving the organisation, we spend less on hiring. We spend less on recruitment fees. We spend less time with our leadership team, assessing, selecting, interviewing candidates. Similarly, with our average tenure being higher than the bench, we retain people for longer. And as a result of retaining those people for longer, we retain both knowledge and experience. The net effect of those two things is that the business overall is more productive because we're not replacing resource and skilling and training up new people coming into the organisation. However, we haven't stopped there. We've made a significant investment into our onboarding programmes in the last 12 to 18 months with a particular focus on how we can increase productivity in the first year. And as a result of that, specifically within our engineering and delivery teams, we are far more effective now at getting those resources onboarded sooner, which is a positive impact, a real benefit for us as well as our customers, because what that means is that they're billable sooner and they're effective quicker. So what does all of that mean? Effectively, you know, high employee engagement means our people are more satisfied in their role. We have greater retention as a result. All of that is strongly aligned to our culture and our values. And we believe that retained, happier, satisfied people have happier, satisfied customers as a result. So, what's next? We were placed seventh best company to work for last year, which was great, but we're not stopping here. As you heard Tim say this morning and Anne, our ambition is to be the best company to work for. 
and we have a plan how to get there. The first sits around our purple playbook. And what we intend doing is designing a series of training modules supported by the playbook. So effectively bringing the playbook to life. It will be a series of modular training and that training will be available to the entire organisation. The training will build on the success of our life skills and the content comes namely from feedback received via our EMPS survey, therefore meeting the needs of our people, but also equipping our people for the next phase of growth. Our second objective is to ensure that our employees continue to be seen, heard and recognised. And we'll do this by what we call inverting the pyramid. And by doing that, we clearly articulate the why at the bottom of the organisation, the what decisions at the top by our purple people, and we come together in the middle on the how. And we really believe that listening and responding to our employees will make us a much better business. And finally, we hope to launch our new employee recognition programme. This builds on the success of our values champions and again further embeds the values in the organisation. We are calling this programme our Purple Star because we have a saying in the organisation that when you see purple, you know it. As you can tell, we're a little bit obsessed with purple because it really, really matters to us. We've begun work on these initiatives already. This is our path to best companies. And in conclusion, we believe the best company to work for is the best company to work with. Thank you, and I hand over to Lucy. Hi, everybody. Uh, lovely to see you all. Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Lucy Sharma Monday, the CFO at Eagle Eye. I think I know most of you in the room. It's great to see you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for telling that organic story. Um, that's what you've heard so far. 13 months ago, as most of you know, we built on that with our first acquisition since IPO with the acquisition of Untie Knots where we bought uh, a business that added a challenges capability to the business, added some amazing clients in France to our brilliant roster. And following on from Claire's theme, it brought a brilliant, talented team with it, headed up by Zied and Cedric. Unfortunately, Cedric isn't here today, but he is sent us a video and we thought it was appropriate to look back over those last 13 months and hear from both Cedric and Ziad on how they found uh, joining the Eagle Eye family. So to start, Cedric's going to tell us about those 13 months and then Ziad's going to follow and talk about the product and how that's evolved over that period of time. So over to Cedric. Hello everyone, uh, sorry I couldn't be with you today, but I really wanted to share with you a few updates about Antinots now that we're part of the Eagle Eye family. It's always interesting to look in the rearview mirror to see what happened during the last 13 months, and also to come back on the main reason why we chose Eagle Eye when we signed the deal together. The three main reasons are the strong cultural alignment, the potential to maximize our growth, and the third one is the opportunity to evolve or product together. I'll start with team and culture, because that was one of our concerns when we signed the deal. It's not that easy to keep a team mobilized after an acquisition. A team should never be taken for granted, 
And, and, and a few weeks ago, we had their year-end reviews. And Ziad and myself were super proud to see the engagement and energy coming out of our team. The churn hasn't increased at all in 2023, and it remains impressively low for a startup. For me, that illustrates the real success of this acquisition. People are engaged and excited, and they now have new colleagues sharing the same culture and the same DNA everywhere in the world. And we can feel that they are very happy with Eagle Eye. So objective number one for us is completely accomplished. We found the right partner. Objective number two was to accelerate together and to grow faster. And it's always very pleasant to see that our most mature market, France, is still growing very fast. So just to give you a few numbers, in 2023, we had more than 3 million distinct players participating in the challenges. That is 31% increase compared to 2022. We had more than 60 million challenges that were selected by participating players. And all these challenges represent more than 22 million euros of discount that was distributed to the participating players. That is 41% increase compared to the previous year. And we are extending our services with Leclerc and Carrefour. And Picard, a frozen food specialist, just agreed to a two-year deal with Antinox. That's France. And what took us five years to build in France should take less than 18 months in the UK. Morrison's just launched more collectors and is already breaking records in terms of participation. And we are finalizing our conversation with another significant retailer to roll out the uh, successful pilot we ran in 2023. We accessed regions in the world we weren't even considering a year ago. And I'll start with APAC, where we signed a multi-year deal with Fairprice in Singapore within four months after the acquisition. Very impressive. And on the west coast of Canada, we signed our first joint deal together with Pattison Food Group. So we're extending our activity everywhere in the world, including France, Europe, but also everywhere else in the world. To be completely honest here, I must confess that I wished we did even more and even faster. As entrepreneurs, we always want things to grow more rapidly. But one KPI is absolutely remarkable. That is the size of the sales pipeline that we have. Our potential is now five times what it was when we joined the Eagle Eye family. We have discussion with most, if not all, largest retailers in North America, in the UK, in India, in Germany, in Australia, and other regions. And it's not only because the number of discussions increased that our potential is now that big. It is also because we are still improving our core solution, the AI-powered personalized challenges, with additional features like events, new offer types, also challenges on non-food categories. It is also because we completely repackaged the challenges to be presented not as an amazing trade promotion tool to grocers, but also as a huge retail media opportunity and a great revenue generation for them. And especially in North America, we want to bring this new retail media opportunity. And the third reason is also the launch of Eagle AI. And well, this one deserves probably more than a few words from myself, and I'll leave the floor to my co-founder, Ziad Jamoussi. He will speak about this amazing new product with great details. Thank you very much and have a great day. 
Thank you very much, Cedric. So much faster than I thought, we managed in the first year of the integration to co-build the product together. So it was not simply the addition of Eagle Eye and Antinauts, it was Eagle Eye plus Antinauts giving more than the sum of the two. We've built Eagle AI. Eagle AI is cutting-edge data science designed to fuel promotions and loyalty in the retail space. It's based on the data science that we spent years to build at Antinots that we managed, thanks to the quality of the cooperation between our teams, to plug into the capabilities that Eagle Eye already has. Let's see how Eagle AI works for Jim. This is Jim. Jim doesn't know it, but his shopping experience is about to get a whole lot more personalized as his chosen supermarket is now using Eagle AI. Eagle AI is a collection of algorithms built specifically for retailers, enabling them to deliver entirely personalized experiences to their customers. Why? Because there is only one Jim, and Eagle AI and Jim's retailer want to keep Jim happy. Traditional targeting models work to give customers the best fit of available offers based on a finite number available. There's more to Jim. Eagle AI puts Jim at the center of every decision, starting with him rather than being constrained by an existing set of available promotions. It knows his favorite brands, how much he tends to spend and the times he likes to shop and uses cutting-edge machine learning and AI to create offers and experiences that are custom-built just for Jim. Creation, not curation. The retailer hasn't seen Jim for a while, so using the people-pleaser algorithm creates a set of offers on Jim's favorite products to drive him into the store. Welcome back, Jim. Now that he's back, it's a great time to show him all their new products and services people just like him love, providing cross and upsell opportunities. Eagle AI recognizes an opportunity and fires up a number of algorithms to work together to determine a perfect stretch challenge for him to achieve next month. The Diviner predicts Jim will spend £90 based on usual spending. The Coach thinks we can get him to £140, but the Moderator sets the target at £120, with a £10 reward offered by the Motivator if he achieves the challenge. But it's not just Jim who is being served by Eagle AI. Millions of totally individualized promotions are being created every day for customers of some of the world's leading retailers, who are put firmly in the driving seat, able to guide the algorithms to work in harmony to achieve their own specific objectives, keeping their customers happy and engaged. Find out more about Eagle AI and our family of algorithms. Get in touch. As you've just seen, we are taking personalization to another dimension for retailers. Retailers used to think that personalization is finding the right product for the right people. But we are finding the right product for the right people, defining how much people will be spending naturally on those products, defining how much we can stretch them, but not too much, defining how much we should reward them. And all that in split seconds with a combination of algorithms. What is a complete game changer, I would say even a change of paradigm in the way retailers manage promotions, is the fact that we are able to generate offers on the fly rather than booking them in their post system 
12 weeks before they start the campaign, as they, most retailers currently do, we can generate them off the, on the fly, just connecting customers with the budget they have to spend on promotion, what are the negotiations with the suppliers, what brands are available. We immediately pop up new offers for each customer designed individually for them rather than segmented or completely mass offers. And what is very powerful is that now with the connection with Air, with the Eagle Eye platform, we are able to execute that in real time at still for any scale a retailer might think of. So that's a very powerful solution that we are bringing to the table, a huge enabler for retailers to transform their promotion from mass to really one-to-one -one promotion. We've already extended the scope of solutions powered by Eagle AI. We started with personalized challenges. Antinots had personalized challenges. And we've launched last year personalized promotions, which is a bigger piece of the landscape of promotion. And we are building more and more use cases. All this is proven already at many retailers. We started in France, but we also run our platform in the UK, in the US, in Portugal, and in Singapore. So we signed the first two clients in 2023 on the personalized promotions, opening a huge addressable market to the usage of the AI developed by Antinots. We have an amazing pipeline of business opportunities across retailers in the world, brought by the synergies between our team, the Eagle Eye sales team, that are able to generate those opportunities that are very synergetic, because talking about Eagle AI helps Air, talking about Air helps Eagle AI, and the whole thing sells very well together. That brings us to a new addressable market that is so much bigger than what we used to have before. And we are building more and more use cases as we go to be able to execute personalized pricing, personalized everything at retailers. You see here a quote from the head of customer marketing at Carrefour. Carrefour is a 90 plus billion euro retailer they have hundreds of data scientists, hundreds of data engineers, and still they use our data science because it allows them to give the right offer to the right people, tailoring it very effectively to each individual. It works seamlessly at scale, no friction with their existing systems, no friction with the legacy systems they have to use. It has a real impact on the business and it's now at the heart of their customer relationship. On their latest TV ad, Challenges and Eagle AI were at the core of their spot. The integration between Eagle Eye and Antinots is going so well, as Cedric was mentioning earlier, that finally, with the expansion of Antinots to Eagle AI, we are now moving from Eagle Eye plus Antinots to Eagle Eye plus Eagle AI. And now I'm passing the mic to Lucy. Thank you, everybody. I'm very proud to work for Eagle Eye. And 
hearing all of you talk about the story, um, it makes me even more proud. And now what I want to do for you is bring some of that alive in the numbers. So this is the track record. So for the last five years, we've been growing the top line, 21% revenue CAGA, increasing our recurring revenue at a 30% rate, increasing our EBITDA pound by pound over the five year period and moving our EBITDA margin from 4% to 20% over that period. But what next? Hopefully you've got the theme from today. We want our next milestone to be 100 million revenue and 25% EBITDA. And how we're going to get there is a combination of continuing that great organic story. You've heard a lot about that today and I'll talk on the numbers on that in a minute. Innovation is right at our core. You've heard a brilliant presentation from Steve. It's what we do, it's always what we've done, but now actually with the acquisition of Untie Knots, it now adds another product to the portfolio which addresses a new addressable market which could add significant revenue to the business. And then M&A, we've done our first one, we've dipped our toe in the water, and it's clearly a mechanic to allow us to go forward faster. So let's go back to the organic revenue story. We've got a really nice high growth subscription model. We charge an implementation fee to get the platform working. We then charge a license fee per module and a transaction fee. Transaction fees are usually charged in bands, so you've got significant steps forward and good visibility for clients and for us. And 80% of our revenue comes from that license fee and transaction fees, so very SaaS-like. You've heard from Al today about the one to three model. When we get it right, a pound of one can translate to three pounds of transact and deepen by that third year through both transaction through the platform, but also selling new services. As you heard from Steve, there's a huge breadth and depth of offering. And that comes through in our NRR number. It's over 120%. That's the target. And we often smash that quite convincingly. We have a very low level of churn. Our architecture sits right in the heart of the customer's architecture. We connect to the till of the customers. We're very, very sticky. And if you layer on top the amazing service that we provide and the best in class technology, it means that customers very rarely leave us. And the last point on this slide is the opportunity to do more. Bit of analysis there, top 20 customers, and it shows the number of services that they take from us. And what it illustrates is there is more to go from the existing customer base. So a bit of analysis on sort of the cohorts. We IPO'd 10 years ago. So this little graph here on the left-hand side is showing the average contract length that we've had the customer and the percentage of revenue that it's giving on that top 10 customers. And what it shows you nicely is that we've got a nice spread over that 10-year period. So if you layer on top of our nice model that we've got, you can see more revenue to come in future periods. Little graph on the right-hand side is showing the top 10 customers, the ARR, what it's done in FY21 to FY23. And what you can see here is we've got mature clients maintaining their revenue. You've got people on that journey of the one to three. You've got some dipping out and some coming in. And you can see some new ones on the top if we moved into big significant markets really make them a big difference. And you can see how a significant client from us now in new geographies can really add significant revenue to our ARR. So overall, that has accumulated in 60% growth in our ARR figures over a two-year period. You've heard from Al, the focus on win. 
And the focus on when is because we've got this nice model, so if we can put more in the top, it should just churn out really nicely. So we've got to continue to invest in this area. We put about 13% today of our top line into sales and marketing. We've got a nice growing pipeline. We reported in June 23 that that was up 61%. And that nice graph of that investment across the world now in some of the biggest and the fastest growing markets is meaning naturally we've got broader international reach, which is helping us grow our pipeline. About 50% of our business today is based in North America. We've got momentum, but there's a hell of a lot more to go for in that market alone, as well as the fastest growing being in APAC, where we've only just started our journey. Partnerships is a really exciting opportunity for us. We've invested in that 18 months ago. We put a senior head to run that part of our business, which is beginning to really sow some nice shoots coming through. He particularly has made great progress with our relationship with Google, where we're recognized internationally as a great partner and really cutting edge in this space that we work in. And sort of more recently, last month, we announced a new partnership with Commerce Tools, another illustration of how it can make us go faster. They're an e-commerce provider that can offer solutions out of the box for new retailers. And now they've got the ability to use Eagle Eye for both promotions and loyalty in terms of already pre-loaded API into their technology. So we will continue to invest in partnership as an efficient way to grow internationally. Brilliant presentation from Steve, thank you. I often talk about the importance of investing into the product. We put about 15% of our top line into the product each year, increasing pounds-wise each year, and therefore, as we grow. As Steve highlighted, which is really important, customers often part-fund what we do. But the most important thing is we don't sit in dark rooms with towels on our heads thinking, what next? We work collaboratively with our customers thinking, what do they need and what solutions will be right for the market going forward as our tester to see what comes next. So, and I think the last point for me, it's often the reason why customers buy from us and it's often the reason why customers stay with us too. So continued investment in that area. We've heard from Cedric and Ziad today in terms of their view on the acquisition of Untie Knots and coming into the Eagle Eye family. On the right-hand side here, we've got what I call the purple print. The factors that we looked at when assessing whether or not to buy Untie Knots. I think like pulling out the most important factors to me in terms of retrospects. First of all, we have the same ideal customer profile. Really important in terms of that opportunity to cross-sell to each other in a really nice way. We've added a new product to the portfolio. And in fact, we've gone further than that. We've enhanced the two products together to bring a new proposition to the market, which is opening up a new addressable market, which wasn't in the plan beforehand. So an amazing opportunity to go faster there. And then in the theme of part of what we talked about today, the people. And I think if we were sort of honest with ourselves, we thought this was important, but actually it's probably more important than we actually recognized. We've acquired here two amazing executives with Ziad and Cedric at the helm and a very talented team that have great cultural alignment. You heard that from Cedric today. So what about M&A going forward and our journey to 100 million? I think the most important thing to sort of say, it can be a real lever for us to go faster. 
I think there's two areas that we can go faster here. First of all, we could buy businesses that do the same sort of thing as us, transaction businesses in different geographies to get us further geographical expansion. Or secondly, we could buy businesses that have a product offering in the same sort of sphere. So untie knots was a great example of that. And now that we operate in that transaction layer and the data layer, there are more businesses available that could be suitable for us. But to summarize, I think we can do more in terms of M&A. We're definitely more confident in terms of our acquisition theories and how we integrate businesses. And it definitely could be a lever for acceleration, but we don't have to do it. We've got a very nice organic story. We will look at more stuff, but be very careful about the things that we do look at going forward. So back to some more numbersy stuff. So I've talked a lot to you all before, really, about our investment theory and better, simpler, cheaper. But just to reiterate that to the room, how we look at investing is that a pound of win we need 50p in every pound to run that service. So we get 50p margin from running the business. We aim to be a 20% EBITDA business. That gives us 30p in every pound to invest back into the business, which we do in terms of sales and marketing, the product and more recently into M&A. As we go forward, we will get more operational leverage, particularly around the platform infrastructure costs, the operational leverage as we go internationally, where we've got a 24-7 service in terms of first and second line support. We will get more leverage from that as we get bigger and go even more international. So what will that do? So that will clearly generate us more free cash flow uh, and give us more optionality. And I think out of choice, what we're going to do is two things. One, we're going to put more money back into the business because we believe today that growing the top line is significantly important. And although profitability is important, what we don't want to do is get to very mature SaaS businesses overnight and would rather put that money back into the business to boost the top line as much as possible. And it gives us more optionality for M&A, gives us more permission to act, more choice to do deals that have got part cash, part uh, equity in them. And the most important thing takeaway, we stated a couple of years ago that we wanted to be a rule of 40 business. We've been smashing that in terms of our achievement. And those are the guidelines that we continue to run the business on. We want to and continue maintaining being a rule of 40 business. For those who haven't seen it, these were our trading update uh, results that we issued at the beginning of Jan. We've got our interims in March 19th, so look out for those. But in summary, we've followed what we said we were going to do, increasing the top line by 20%, adjusted EBITDA margin of 24%, increasing cash, and overall in line with expectations and achieving the rule of 40 so to summarize my section, what is the most important things and takeaways? We've got a proven strong organic story. We've got really nice KPIs that support a really quality SaaS business. We're really focused on maintaining the rule of 40 and beyond, and we will continue to do that and operate on that model. M&A is a lever for us to accelerate and go faster. And I think if you put all those things in combination, it really is helping us on our vision to that journey of 100 million revenue and 25% margin. And I'm going to hand over to Tim, Tim to wrap up. Like Lucy, um, 
I don't think probably a few years ago I would have sat quietly and watched the team present. I'd have been up here juggling and doing keepy-uppy and whatever it was necessary to <laughs> convince you that I was the man. I think, what do I want you to take out of this? You're very good and kind and you give us feedback through the brokers when we come around and see you and talk to you. And one of the things you say is Lucy's great. She's one of the best CFOs that we see. And I hope that what you now see is that actually behind the scenes, there's a lot of Lucy's at Eagle Eye. There are some very, very capable, charming, energetic people that does make it an absolutely fantastic place to work. What do I want you to take out of today? Just take that out of today and that would be great, but I probably should do a bit more than that. So here starts the keepy-uppy. Um, it's a great market. AI needs air. Steve and his team. When I took this job, I was determined I wouldn't be the suit to fall out with the founding CTO. And we've had our moments, but we have never fallen out. Because at truth, at root, we both believe in the power of personalization, and we both believe in the power of the golden rule. That's why he started Eagle Eye. That's why I started Club Card. Um, our existing customers are amazing. You know, they bloody love us. They really do love us. We've got this one to three thing going and they, they never leave us. So we've got this incredible base to, um, to build from. And as Al quite rightly said, you know, winning is the be all and end all. The faster we can win, we put it through the one to the three, we retain them, the faster we get to the 100 million and beyond. Every year, we build more capability to do that. And I think what Al is out, outlining there, it is almost unbelievable, I'm sure Al would agree with me, the improvement in our marketing capability and our sales development capability in the last two years. You know, before that, it was... And of course, this is the thing that we bring to a business like Untie Knots. If you're a five million euro revenue business, your marketing and, you, and your sales development is the founder getting on the phone. That's all you've got. And so we've got this big engine which can scale behind it. So I, I think that we are more capable than we were of exploiting the opportunity that AI needs air. That is the organic story, really. The story that most of you have invested in and supported us through. In terms of plus, what you get in, in, in addition, you get this potential, and I'm only saying it as a potential move. It's a great market, but I think we have the chance to increase the addressable market. In the two buzziest of buzzy areas that are around, uh, it, 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 you know, and you're seeing this all the time. One in terms of retail media, Marketing, let me tell you, I've done it all my life, is not only about advertising. And the only piece of marketing that has really been digitized is advertising. Sales promotion has not gone through that same process that advertising has gone through. So these huge revenues 
that these big retailers are starting to generate from their retail media businesses have got no promotion in them. They've only got advertising in them. That is a big opportunity for us to address, and we have products that start to enable them to address that. And that was what Cedric was talking about. The second thing, of course, is Eagle AI, which is an unbelievable piece of kit. As somebody who, in earlier years, used to put together promotion programs, I absolutely recognize what the algorithms do, which I used to try to do, but I was incapable of doing two sums in my head at the same time, let alone seven. So, you know, just how it's moved it on uh, is amazing. And I think that represents a real opportunity because what we're starting to do for retailers is say, we can really help you to get the value out of your loyalty data. In terms of other drivers, Lucy's talked about M&A, we've had great achievements and I think we're pleased with that. We've learned a lot and we recognize that there are new opportunities. Going back to remember what I want you to take away, what I want you to take away is that after a year of working with us, proud founders of a business which they are really, really proud of and really love, come to their new owners and say, we think we should change our name. We don't think we should be Untie Knots anymore. We think we should be Eagle AI. I think that says more about us than almost anything else that you will hear today. So finally, take away, it's 100 million and it's 25% EBITDA and hopefully we got some turbos that can make us get there a bit faster. And absolutely most importantly, the best company to work for is the best company to work with, and our ambition is to be the best company to work for, the number one. And that's what we're shooting for, and that's what we're aiming for. And we think that it's that, more than anything, that will drive the value of your investment going forward. Thank you all very much for coming. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice and nothing in our material should be taken as such.